on That Dead Body Show, we talk about death and murder, and at times, we may use explicit language. Hey guys, welcome back to That Dead Body Show. Hey guys. I'm Douglas. I'm Brandy. And we're back. Uh, this week. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Thank you guys for all the where the fuck are you messages. It means a lot. Sorry we've been away. But now the gift-giving returning season is over. Thank God. Maybe we can get caught up, get a few episodes ahead before the uh, big true crime podcast convention in Kansas Kansas City City? in July. So, yeah, I'd like to have a few episodes ahead because I don't want to have to record while we're there. No, I want to have fun. Yeah, we're going to meet Nikki. Nikki T. Cannot wait. We've noticed uh, a lot of new new listeners out there as well. People, you know, following us on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, things like that. Yeah. New subscribers. Thank you guys. Uh, welcome. Buckle up. Buckle up. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't play this out loud around your children. Because uh, as the warning says, we do use coarse language. Well, it doesn't say coarse language. It says explicit say. language. But coarse and explicit language are both the same thing. It's just a colloquialism. So is a fucking shelf over the toilet. And what do you call it? It's an Edo What the fuck is wrong with you? Okay. Well... So, in July of 1972, our subject of this week, George Schaefer, um, he's a, a deputy sheriff. Two girls come flying out of the woods, running, bound at their, I don't know, some article said... In, arms, in the recreation photos, yeah. they, they're bound at the knees a weird yeah. way, but it said... Running like penguins, right, pretty much. I guess. Um, with their hands handcuffed of. behind their back. Right. And they run out of the woods and, and flag down right, a cop. Right. And they're like, this this cop kidnapped us and tortured us and help us and shit. I'm sure they weren't that calm, but... Yeah. So the cop that they named actually uh, was employed at the same precinct as right. the cop they flagged down. Right. So, and at the same time, across town, um, our friend Gerard is calling his boss and telling him he had... Done something stupid. His boss was was not at the precinct that day. He was off. It was a Saturday. He uh, was home cutting grass. <laughs> and uh, said Can his you wife. Even imagine. Said his friend. Said his wife called him into the house. Come on in. I'm sure she had to flag him down. Probably had him some iced tea. It's the South, right? It's the South, but I mean, mm, but when the, your deputy calls you on a Florida. Saturday, how much grass do they have in Florida for real, though? So, he couldn't have been too far away from the door. His wife calls him in and says, uh, uh, it's a call from the precinct. Need you to come in. Or, there's a call from Gerard. Need you to come in. Gerard says, I've done something stupid. You're going to be so angry. I feel like that's like when your kid tells you that. You know, like... If, if the kid knows that they've done something stupid, then it's probably past stupid. Yeah. Anyway... He proceeds to tell his boss that he was trying to teach these two young, dumb, stupid girls a lesson that were hitchhiking. About how dangerous it was. Right. Which would be admirable if he really was doing that, but he's not. He has kidnapped them, tied them up to show them what could happen to them if somebody really bad got a hold of them. And uh, the boss they escaped. Says- 
And and the boss says, well, why don't you come on down to the precinct? <laughs> like, can you imagine the drive over? Like, just driving, just being like, what the fuck? With the lawnmower still on the lawn Probably. There. He probably just left it there. He was probably like... I wonder if he changed. You know, because grass-cutting clothes are different than I don't know, because you have to imagine his initial, what the fuck? Like, I'm sorry, what did you do? Because it's Saturday, and now i got to go to work. So he gets there, and the girls have pretty much told the same exact story. Except. They said that he had met them the day before. He said that as well, that he had met them the day before, and uh, told them that hitchhiking was, was, was bad. bad. And uh, he met up with them again the next day. And then he taught them their lesson. They said that the lesson included pinching them on their butts, touching them in inappropriate ways, telling them he was going to kill them or sell them into white slavery, which is like so 1970s. I'm like... Can you just hear him? Because like from his interviews, he's got that like... And you know, it's probably what, I don't know what year this is. Probably Women in prison movies were big in the 70s. I'm going to sell you into white slavery, girl. Like sweet brown sugar. That was a movie. Sweet yeah. sugar. I love that movie. Pam okay. Brown's dying. So, Side note. Yeah, That's sad. Yeah. So, he um, has tied them up, told them he was going to kill them. Um, actually tortured them emotionally. Told them, one, of you, can, one yeah. of you is going to live. You pick. I'll be back. And I'm not sure why he left in the middle of this torture session. He told them... That he had an errand or he had something to do. Right. There's different accounts. I I think he did it just to, like, let him hang there. Because he's got him hanging and, like, balancing. He might have gone to get something further to torture them with. Well, I mean, I think it was also a psychological thing. Like, I'm going to leave you here. And so while I'm gone and they're panicking and they're, you know... Uh, Well, they panicked enough to sliver... Shimmy, 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 shimmy their way out of the noose. I would have, I would have probably panicked as, as badass as I usually think I would be if this would happen. Think about this. You're balancing on this tree stump thing or whatever. Right. He had stood them on what is it, mangrove, mangrove trees, trees, which the roots grow above the water in Florida. Right. Um, part of the ecosystem there is actually a really neat thing I read up on him. Uh, he and the, the girls are, are standing on these slippery-ass roots in pretty much, I mean, technically a swamp. It right. really, it's technically a swamp. Uh, maybe Everglade, or what do they call it? That's what no, the, It is the Everglades. Yeah. yeah. So he's, I love how if you're in Florida, it's the Everglade. If you're in Louisiana, you're in the Bayou Swamp. Right. So they're standing on these roots, slippery. They get out of the nooses, and they, they escape. He gets there. He immediately strips. He gets stripped of his badge. Um, you know, pretty much... And arrested. You're on your own leave and arrested for two, two counts. Uh, false imprisonment and two counts of aggravated assault. So he bonds out. $15,000. I mean, that's, that's actually a chunk of change. There. I mean, back then, that was right. a and, lot. Um, this is, like we said, this is July. Yes. And uh, he's bonded out and he's given a court date of November. Which, right. Not unheard of. So, you're probably asking yourself, where's the dead body? Yeah, well, or, you know, how could, how could a cop do this, you know? Right. Or, Cops are supposed to protect us. Yeah, how could this happen? Well, we'll answer that and more after the Creepy Kids. Be around the rose, be, 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 be. 
Welcome to episode 12, Gerard Schaefer, the killer cop. What a dick. I mean... Well, I mean, that's kind of redundant. Well, yeah. We're using but... all the big words today. Etage, redundant. Ass dick. I mean... <sighs> colloquialism. It's just really hard to teach your kids growing up that you should respect a cop and trust a cop and a cop will never hurt you when there's motherfuckers like this. Like this. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so our friend Gerard was born in 1946 to some like... Okay, boomer. Right? To some... Some some people said like really super Catholic parents, really religious. Um, but his dad was a, a womanizer. who I mean, an alcoholic uh, who flaunted his extramarital affairs. But he said some Hail Marys. Oh. Oh, it's okay then. So, he didn't have, like, a really good relationship with either of his parents because he apparently did the famous thing that every kid thinks that the he, other, they well, favored the other sibling. He was the oldest, and I believe he had, what, two 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 younger sisters? I saw he, one, and then I saw two, so I'm really not sure. Okay, so, but... At least one, though, yeah, for sure. But And they favored the female, the, the yeah. girls. Yeah. Um, which made him do some strange cross-dressing things beyond, to be a girl. beyond the age of, oh, I'm just walking around in mom's high well, heels. Well, because clock, he thought clock, that clock. they favored them because they were girls. Right. So he took to wearing women's underwear, which, hey, whatever, man. You know, silky drawers are nice sometimes. I can't see wearing women's because there's no room. I mean, because women don't need room. Maybe he didn't need room. Oh, well, there's that. Ooh. Anyway. So yeah, he was he was creepy as shit. He uh, would stare at women uh, through their windows, doing the peeping tom thing. He accused one girl uh, that lived like across from him, or you know, down down the road. I mean, not yeah. too far. He lived in a small town. Yeah, I mean, it's not a neighbor, so yeah, but... that she was undressing in her window to taunt him, and he was going to stop because you know. He, he was, I mean, I think someone did say that he, he had said he was going to stop her. Mm-hmm. And uh, actually, that was his girlfriend at the time, Sandra London. She Yeah, well. She's not, wait a minute, time out. She's not just a hoe. She's a serial killer hoe. Yeah, groovy. Literally. <laughs> anyway. So, apparently, he also thought that he was the product of a forced wedding. So, but see, I don't, okay, but I don't understand that because technically he would be the cause, if he thought he was, if he thought it was a forced wedding, I think he would have been the cause of the forced wedding, not the product of the forced wedding. Unless. True, Because true. like a shotgun wedding. Like, is bitch, you knocked up. Now yeah, you got to marry, make, get married. Make my daughter an honest woman, boy. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. But like, that's what I'm saying, though. He wouldn't have been the product unless it was kind of one of those. They picked out the people, like, you know, because that still happened back then, too. Right. So, uh, about the time, what, 14 years old or so, they moved from from Georgia mm-hmm. to Florida. They moved from, I believe, a suburb of Atlanta yeah. to, uh, to Florida. His parents were involved in yachting, so they obviously had a little bit of scrolla. Right. <laughs> well, in the 70s, of course... Which, Everyone yachted. Well, and if they were any type of boat people, that might have been where he got his rope issues from. I mean, you have to know all those knots, right? 
So he uh, <laughs> he graduates high school. Uh, I think St. Thomas Aquinas. Was it? I think so. I don't know. He graduated high school in Florida. In 1964. He tried to be normal, and I say normal loosely because anybody who knows me knows I'm far from normal, so I hate to say normal guy, but he tried to do what everybody expected, and he got married, and he became a teacher, <laughs> and everywhere I read about this guy literally had the same quote, that he got fired for totally inappropriate behavior. Like, that's literally the quote used, like, over, I think it was, like, at least eight articles, and the documentary that we watched. So, totally inappropriate behavior is apparently a fire of offense, and it wasn't disclosed what the totally inappropriate behavior was. Some people said that it was, like, it wasn't disclosed on, like, paperwork, but some of the theories were that he was being um, inappropriate with the female students, and then somebody else said that he might have been teaching... I can't even remember now. His Shit. own his own morals. Oh yeah, his own morals. He might have been imposing his own Catholic, you know, yeah. morals yeah. on on the children there in the seventies. You know, so when that didn't go because he got fired because he was being a creeper um, or whatever, whatever his inap- totally inappropriate behavior. It sounds like something Bill and Ted would say. It's totally inappropriate behavior, man. He uh, decides. Well, okay, so I can't be a teacher. I'm going to be a priest because that's not creepy at all. But they tell him you're not religious enough or you don't have your faith, you don't have enough faith. faith, which I don't get because I don't know who the fuck gets to tell you how much faith you have, but they do in the Catholic church. I, I mean, I, okay. Um, like if you, if you want to become a Catholic, you have to take classes, you know, like, just, I, well, know. I mean, I the, know. Baptists are the only folks that take people, I guess. The Protestants. My ex-husband was Catholic. He wanted me to take classes. No, yeah. I didn't. That's also that. Judaism. Yes. Yeah, you have to take classes. My brother did that for his wife. Yeah. Do the, the Which I, he's never committed to shit, so that was kind of major. Right. Right. Anyway, so... Um, <laughs> I'm his, sorry, his, this just blows his me marriage, away. His marriage falls apart. Right. Uh, As, they, yeah, they were married right at year. two, oh, two years. Yes, two years. I'm sorry. And uh, she cited extreme cruelty as one of the reasons... For, for wanting the divorce. I mean, I wonder what extreme... Because, like, we're talking, like, in the 60s, so... 70. Well, yeah, like, 68. the 60s, yes. I thought they got divorced in 68. They but, got divorced. No, they got married in 68 and divorced in 70. Oh, I'm May sorry. 70. You're right. My bad. I've lost my mind, too. Either way, but, I mean, can you just imagine back then what extreme cruelty was? Because, like, even still back then, it was still thought that, you know, like, women had to obey and shit. I would have not lived back then very long. I'm, I'm guessing. I would have been on my own podcast. So, uh, he, he uh, trying to recoup from his marriage, failed marriage, he uh, takes the summer off in Goes, Europe, Europe and North Africa. Because that made sense. And came home with a brand new plan. <clears throat> Decided he couldn't be a teacher and, and couldn't be a, a priest. priest. So let's be a cop. He applied to several, several departments and, and got rejected by... Everybody. Everybody. Fail, he failed a psychological test in Broward. Broward. Okay, but see... Broward County. If you fail a psychological test to become a cop, well, that's, that's now, I guess. Never mind. 
if you fail a cop to become, a psychological test to become a cop in Broward County, Florida, right? Then you're crazy. You're insane. That's. But maybe even then. So, I mean, like, okay, been. but see, my next question to this was, and I know, obviously, today is a different time. Like, there's got to be, like, a database for this shit. Like, so-and-so failed this. Like, don't hire them, I'm assuming. But, back, like, I mean, back were, then, obviously, there wasn't. It was all paper. But, like, I so, guess, so if he didn't put down that he had already tried this elsewhere, they would Nobody call. knew that he had failed. You know, he hadn't applied anywhere else. No one would know. That's how all these motherfuckers got away with so much shit back then. Like, I swear. So, finally, a small a small police department hired him. Wilton Manners. Which sounds like he was a private cop in a gated community. To me, I'm just going to say that. But. To me, it sounds like something from, like, fucking, what was it, Dark Shadows. Wilton Manners. Wilton Manners. Where are you going? I'm going to Wilton Don't go to Wilton Manners. <laughs> See, it also cracks me up because the first part of my route is in Wilton, so. All right. Yeah. So, he he earned a commendation. He, um, in, in, in <laughs> March. March of 72, he earned a commendation uh, in, a, in a drug bust. And, uh, he, <laughs> and then a month later, <laughs> on April 20th, 420, blaze it, uh, he was fired. And there's not one story, like... <laughs> the chief said that he didn't have an ounce of common sense. That's a quote. Yeah, that was a quote. He didn't have an ounce of common sense. An, ex- an ex-FBI agent, who I have, I do believe, uh, Robert Fressler. Yes. The man. The man, right? Uh, was Said he was disciplined for, for running women's information after he had stopped them on traffic stops. And who, calling who, them for dates. And who okay. knew if the traffic stops were even real? He might have just saw hot chick. <laughs> She's speeding. Pulled her over. Can I see your license? Oh, you live there. Okay, okay so, cool. so that's terrifying. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And he, then he just calls out of the blue. So, you remember when you were speeding on A1A last week? Well, um, that would piss me off. Want to go out? So, like, you know, this was the seventies, though. I, I mean, don't it, nobody fuck. even really thought of that, though. I mean, no, I mean, there hadn't been all these women found in boxes and containers and shit like that at this point. How far are we off from Ted Bundy at this point? Uh, not long, not far. Ted, but he's already doing his shit though up north. He hadn't right. read it. Right. I don't know, dude. Still. So, what? Whatever. Whatever. He. he 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 dicked around for for a couple of months, and uh, he he finally got signed on with another sheriff's department in Martin County. Every time they said that, when I was like watching the documentary, I thought they were fucking it up, and it was supposed to be Marion. Me, I so did I. I kept hearing Marion. In fact, I said Marion a bunch of times. But now I'll try not to say Marion during this. But Martin County hired him, and you might think, well, he just got fired. How the hell did he get the job? He faked a letter of comment, a letter of recommendation. I mean, which along with his drug drug bust commendation, which I'm sure he had pictures of him with the medal and shit, and probably a, a, a gold leaf and all type thing, a little scroll, and a you know, oh, you're gonna fire me? Oh, can I get some letterhead on my way out? So you think that going to all that trouble to fake recommendations, he would? fly right after he got hired somewhere else. But it's like a month, right? <laughs> but yeah, it's like literally about a month 
um, where we loop back to where we started to explain to you how the dead bodies come in. He picked up the two girls, Pamela Wells and Nancy Trotter, who we told you about in the beginning, and he gets the trial date, and... <laughs> well, and well, he, he picks them up. He yeah. loses them. He, right, blah, blah, blah. I mean, he, he you know, what we told you in the beginning. So, he gets his trial date, and they... They just don't even know what the fuck they're dealing with. Like these, right? So they're like, "Yeah, okay, you just kidnapped these two women and you threatened to kill them." So just you well, know, just come back in November. Just chill, dude. Just go home. You yeah. know, you got a wife. Just calm down. Like it's fine. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. I I just I, even back then I know back then it was still supposed to be you know kind of like this could never happen. So I guess they weren't expecting it. But he goes on trial in. November and cuts a deal and cuts a deal pretty much he, and he pleads and gets a year. Is that right? Yeah, but the, he's like, dude, do I have a wife? Can I go get her settled? I want to say with like her mom, but like pretty much relocated. So the judge is like, sure, you know what? You're a cop. You were a sure. cop. Sure. You just go <laughs> relocate your fucking wife. The seventies are such a. A right. happy-go-lucky carefree time. Apparently. I mean, before um, AIDS. I tell I mean, you what, you, right? <laughs> you you just go relocate your wife, and you come back and report here. In January. Um, in January. Come. Have it, dude. Go. January 15th, he starts serving his sentence. And a couple months later, on March 25th, uh, he has some visitors. The police come to him, and they want to know what he was doing back in September. Did he meet a couple of girls and take them... You know, on a joyride, and he's like, "No," because they, they these girls have been reported missing. Yeah, and he's like, "No, I don't, I don't know who you're talking about. No, <laughs> no clue." Which is really strange because they had the license plate of the car the girls had gotten right. into, and the mother said that the person they drove off with was Jerry, Jerry Shepherd. Shep- yeah, Jerry Shepherd, and they were going to go uh, play guitar at the beach. nearest. Yeah, at the beach. And she noted that it was a green... Blue-green Dotson. Yeah, and got the tag number. Because she was on it. And the police were so, I guess, naive in the the 70s that they didn't go, Jerry Shepard, Gerard Schaefer. Right. It's like... Well, I mean, even if they did, even if they did really believe him, I mean, I don't know why they weren't like... So we were in jail for kidnapping two girls and taking them to the woods and tying them up. That was two girls. But he was like, nope, right. never, never saw them. And uh, they were like, okay. And they left. <laughs> but um, then like, what, three, four days later? Yeah, April 1st. Um, 1973. Yeah. These guys were, you know, collecting aluminum cans for recycling and they find them. They find the skeletal remains. They weren't. They weren't collecting aluminum cans for recycling. They were collecting aluminum cans for money. I mean, let's not well, make okay. it like they were trying to save the world. They were trying to make probably cash for wine, okay, <laughs> or or heroin. Well, I mean, yeah, but they were going to okay. take them to the recycling center. Right. So they uh, they're collecting cans. And yeah, they find, they find the skeletal remains of two girls. Yeah. Um, they they match dental records, I believe. Yes. And it comes back that it's the two girls that were missing in September. Yes. Susan Place had been shot in her jaw, which was apparently one of his big fantasies. I'm not sure why shooting somebody in the jaw 
gets him all, like, ready to go in his life, but apparently shooting them in the jaw does. Um, he says that later, like, a lot. In, like, all the video, he's, uh, anyway. Right. <sighs> he, um, it takes a couple days for the, you know, for the dental records and all that, and they are identified, and the crime scene indicates that two girls were tied to a tree and butchered. And somebody goes, hey. Funny story. The Gerard Shepherd, Jerry Schaefer. Yeah. Tag never went back to... Yeah, and the girls—it looks like the same crime scene, and they piece it together. Right. So on April seventh, the clue Scooby Doo. Right. I was—I was literally just thinking of Scooby Doo. Get the fuck out of my head. I (laughs) know. We've been together. Like I was thinking of when Fred always pulls the mask off, and it's never. Right. Mr. Hyde. Okay. Anyway, so on April seventh, they um, get a search warrant and they search his mom's house. Because he had stored his shit there after he relocated his wife and all that. He had, you know, given his shit to his mom. And they find a letter addressed to Jerry Shepard. Kawinky dink? I I think think not. Okay, so in all of his shit, they um, find all kinds of shit. Jewelry boxes, clothing. All these pages of his, like, crazy-ass rantings and drawings that are not good, by the way. His his drawings, like I think I might could do better, and that's sad. Um, drawings of uh, of mutilated women, women and stories of mutilating women. Yeah, like a bunch of that. Like oh, like hundred a hundred over a hundred pages. Yeah, um, the newspaper clip. There were newspaper clippings, and um, I did note that they were double spaced as well. So it was a hundred pages double spaced. Just saying. What a loser. At least the guy in seven had that, like, tiny shit going. Right. Wow. Okay. Anyway, so... they so, find they find IDs. Yeah. They found... There was, like, newspaper clippings about people who have been missing since since 1969. Um, Along with their IDs. Yeah. Their ID... Yeah. I mean, he just literally had, like, all this shit. And so, the people are... The cops are like, whoa. What had happened? This is way more than two girls. I mean, this is... You know, they realized right then that... He's probably got at least, what, 30? But, but for the most part, all of that's really circumstantial. Very, because I mean, these bodies haven't, you know... They haven't even found the bodies of them. No, I don't think they have no. now. So. One of the people that they find um, stuff for is his old neighbor that he used to say was taunting him. Right, right. And which is really weird because they became tennis partners later on, is what it said. Yeah. Hi, let's go play tennis. When, because I'm gonna kill you later. Because she had disappeared. Her husband said that she was going to reunite with a high school boyfriend, and Schaefer had offered her a job at the CIA. Making twenty thousand dollars a year in nineteen seventy three, which would have been a lot, right? Right. And so they, o- over time, have linked like almost three dozen yeah. missing women to him through through the collection of stuff right. that they found on his mom's property. So even though they find all of these different items and whatever, and later bodies are found, he's only ever tried for two. 
And that they, they do they do hold him and not yeah, oh, let yeah, him out. Oh yeah, of course. All right, no, he's not going anywhere this time. <laughs> Be like, hey, I know that you really Can I want relocate me. my wife again? Right. Um, I, surely they wouldn't have fallen for, for that, that again. Um, but probably so. But they don't. You know, he doesn't even try this time. Um, he's only charged with the two murders, the original ones of Jessup in Place. And he's convicted of two counts of first-degree murder in October of 73, and he got life imprisonment. Like two two life terms. Right. Concurrent. Right. right. Which is at the same time. Right. So. Mm -hmm. It's not consecutive. That's my favorite. It's when you get a life, con life and then you get, con you know. So life you get a plus dime. 120 years. You're not going anywhere. Right. I mean, so he he appealed a bunch of times. I know he filed a bunch 20, of frivolous lawsuits. He, yeah, he even sued one person for calling him fat later in an article. Right. But I never saw him really look fat, so I was really confused. So he sits there till about 1990, and remember that girlfriend we were talking about earlier? The who? Sandra London. Yeah. Right. She, she hooks comes. up with him. <laughs> She takes a bunch of the stories that he's written in, in prison. Oh, wait. Stories. Stories. And you can't see me, but I'm air quoting. Because he says they're <clears throat> fiction. But then later on. I mean, so he gives them to her. She publishes them. Right. Uh, under, I believe, the title Killer Fiction. Yeah, she, he called them art. And the police said that they were thinly veiled descriptions of actual crimes. Right. When she finally carries them to him. Yeah. Because she... She, you know, goes back and forth with him. She's talking to him. They become like boyfriend, girlfriend. Yeah, they get back together. Right. And then she leaves him for another serial killer. Yes, Danny Rowling. Which, who we did in number two. Episode two. Yeah, check that out, guys. Danny Rowling. I really the, didn't realize the, she the, liked... Uh, the mass writer. The mystery writer. Mystery writer. Sorry. I really didn't realize she liked serial killer hot. Because right. she did it to again after Danny Rowling. Wow. To somebody. So she, she publishes this... Uh, this fiction and she's writing him and he's like you know what do you want from me do you want confessions and he's like and he named off two people that you know girls that they found or whatever and yeah. and he said what do you think what was the the, the, the title what do you think it? murder demons is? what do you think murder demons is so she's like Oh my God, this is a fucking confession. Right. He said, you want confessions, but don't recognize them when I anoint you with them. Anoint. A big word day. And we've just gotten started, is what he right. said to her. So, she goes to the police, and uh, they, he obviously, he wants, he craves fame. He really, he really does. He wants to be the, the baddest, the biggest baddest. Yeah. He said that, you know, he had... Uh, Befriended Ted Bundy. Right. He he had he had written up his own list of his victims and it he he said he wasn't claiming a huge number, somewhere between eighty and a hundred and ten. Depending on and, and they cut this part of the quote from a lot of the, the, the stuff you read out there. Mm -hmm. He says, I'm not claiming a big number, somewhere between eighty and a hundred and ten, depending I'm, I see where you're at now. Yeah. I wasn't sure. I'm sorry, guys. I had to collect myself. Uh, he said he was claiming somewhere between 80 and 110, depending on whether you counted the pregnant ones. It can get confusing. As one or two. So, 
Sometimes these things hit hard. Sorry. <laughs> so my question on that one though is, is did he actually know? So that means that I mean, pregnant so people like a, between, showing. But see, the math person in me thought between eighty and one hundred and ten. So that's the difference of thirty. Right. Depending on whether you count the pregnant ones as one or two, so that means he murdered thirty pregnant women. Wow. I mean, that's what I'm guessing. That's the way I took that, because the yeah, no, extra right. thirty would be the babies. Right. <laughs> Holy fuck. <clears throat> I mean, I guess there were pregnant with twins in there, but I mean, I didn't take that into account. Don't make me have a math no, overload. Because um, <laughs> you'll over math me, and we right. all know that's not mine. That's not a lot. <laughs> wow. No, it's not. Um, I, yeah. I hadn't thought of that. Yeah, so. Um, wow. He he said that she, she goes to the police with the confessions, and they, they start talking to him, and he decides... That he'll give them information. Right. And they're they're going to go up there, and it's like they're going to go up there on like a Friday. Like yeah. The Friday before the detective was supposed to go up there, and I believe she was going to go as well to help kind of facilitate the meeting. Um, they called and said, don't bother coming. Uh, he's no longer with us. He's deceased. Was it his actual cellmate or just a person? I, I, another prisoner. I don't. Believe, I don't know that it was his cellmate. Uh, another prisoner had come into his cell and stabbed him in the eyes, I believe, like over a dozen times in each eye, and then gave him what's called a a Glasgow grin, uh, right. where he cut him from ear to ear yeah. across his mouth. Uh, there's a famous actor, Tommy Flanagan. Yes, he played Chibs. That played Chibs on Sons of Anarchy. That has. He, he has got a real a, one. He has a real one. Yeah, that's not fake. <laughs> it's only on one side, isn't no, it? No, no, it's on both sides. Oh, it's on both yeah, sides. It's, it's pretty bad. Well, because you know, you only see they they showed. He got them. jumped out of a, He got jumped outside the bar. That's fucking right. Yeah, he got jumped outside, and they cut pretty much from the corners of your mouth outward. And while they're cutting you, as you scream, it hurts. Think about it. Yeah, it rips it more. Okay, but so my so question, yeah, think of your face opening. So my up. question is, <laughs> yeah. obviously, he went on to have a career, but like, obviously, yeah. this guy didn't because he did. <laughs> but like, I'm talking about uh, Tom Tommy Flanagan, Flanagan, but like, so how they just sewed up? I mean, yeah, yeah. And what? You're like, yeah, because I mean, you pretty can't. Much, yeah. Holy shit. Okay. Well, so, obviously, uh, Schaefer here did not go on to have a career. He was dead as fuck in his cell, but yeah, stabbed in the eyes or like I, I right. want to say it was, it was sixteen times in each eye, which is god. I, oh wait, Hunter's favorite. It was between eleven and thirteen. Huh? Between eleven and thirteen. So the that uh, really gets off with him. The reasoning behind the guy attacking him was just like was everybody switched. had a different reason. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, Sandra London said it was. I believe it was her said that uh, it had to do with you know. Um, snitches don't see, snitches don't speak. Oh yeah, yeah. So he he had spoken with Otis Tool, who was there. He was there with like the like the, the, the yeah. Mount Rushmores. <laughs> Not really, but no, well, no, no, Otis yeah, Tool was there, yeah. and uh, he actually said so one of the drawings that we we mentioned earlier. He had signed, yeah. uh, "Slice me off a piece." He was so creepy, right? Um, Otis Tool, we're talking about. Um, no, Schaefer was too, but I mean, yeah. Uh, Otis Tool had confessed to killing Adam Walsh right. and then recanted. And he may have been a party to him originally confessing and known more about the confession. 
as he worked in the library at, at the prison. and Which is where he supposedly met Ted Bundy. Which, uh, in one of the documentaries, it said that mm-hmm. Ted had extra library time because he had friends in, in the library. library. Right. Right. So. Um, it, well, you know, because you were telling me earlier that apparently he said that Ted Bundy wasn't. Looked um, up to him. Or, yeah, but there was, you know, there was something else you said. I can't remember. Said he impressed him. Impressed and him. And I just wonder if. Like, I don't I was, think he impressed him. No, I don't think he did really Ted Bundy I don't think I don't, anybody impressed and him. I don't really think that he Ted Bundy near until the end when he thought he was going to get out of the death sentence really didn't even talk like all the big serial killer stuff right. he didn't bask in it no he was kind of like you know he didn't talk about the killings of the other inmates he, no. he didn't do any of that until the end when he thought he could get out of the death sentence and he was just all like boogity boogity you know and well no, yeah. <laughs> not really as far as he didn't go full charlie yeah he didn't don't go, don't ever go, go full, full charlie. charlie um no but like i'm just wondering though if even if he didn't fully because like the clip that we watched a while ago where he's saying you know that ted bundy was like how many did you really get you know whatever right, right. i just wonder but i mean i can almost see if i can ted see ted played people i, I, I mean, can that's, see ted playing him to get extra library time yeah, like, can I have this book or, you know, yeah. or, or more? Because, I mean, I'm sure they only gave them, like, you know, not only set right. library time, but, like, maybe set books. Or, or only for a certain amount of time. Right. Because other prisoners might need them. Yeah. Especially if they were the or maybe know, legal photo- books. Yeah. I'm just thinking, but you know what I'm saying, though? Like, right. I could totally see Ted Bundy playing somebody. I mean, fuck. You know, uh, you can't have a cast in the in the jail and ask, you know, can you come help me put this in my car? So he's got to play him somehow. So the, so the guy who killed him, Vincent Rivera. Um, Sandra London would later say that Rivera had killed him over an argument over a cup of coffee. Some accounts say that, Okay. Yeah. Some accounts say, what? Hey, hey, you can't be fucking with somebody's commissary. I mean, no, I mean, I fully agree, but... <laughs> I, I, I believe a few other uh, accounts came out that it had to do with the snitching. It had to do with money he owed. Okay, now I can inmates. see that, but not the fucking coffee. Like, get real. I mean... But the, the snitching could have been... Yeah, okay, anyway, so Killer Funk, Killer Function, Killer Function, Killer Function, Killer Fiction was um, republished in 97, and at this point, after she'd left him for Danny Rawling, for Danny Rawling, and uh, I believe they were engaged, by the way, at some point, um, she added in more pictures yeah, and, and other stuff that he had sent because at this point and, he couldn't sue her right maybe that's why he got killed maybe she hired dude I don't I'm, jo- I'm joking right so that's the dead bodies yeah <laughs> there could have been more dead bodies to this right. story but Vincent Rivera stop that yeah I mean, and honestly, I don't know that he was going to do anything when they came. I bet. I mean, I feel like he would have got. They would have got there, and he would have just been like, "Yeah, no." Or he could have played it up and tried to get something out of it. Yeah. I mean, what could he have even got though? I don't know. Coffee. Boosh. Right. I mean, because he wasn't going anywhere. So I mean, it's right. like he could have got his shit cut. Instead, he got his shit cut and stabbed. For real, for real. And kilt. That would be K-I-L-T, kilt. Very much kilt. Anyway, guys. Wrapping up this episode. Thanks for sticking around. Thanks for... Being being here. Right. Thanks for coming back. We're uh, 
on most social media. At, I don't know what we're not on. Well, we're on all social media, That Dead Body Show or TD. The that day. TDBS podcast. <laughs> I get that backwards every time. At TDBS podcast. Yeah. That, what he said. Or you can search us that dead body show and find us. Yeah, right. We're the only one. All right, guys. We'll see you next week. And we're going to close out with a promo from our friend Hunter from Murder and Such. I had obviously been working at Aston these past few weeks and binged his shows. And it got me through several routes laughing my ass off. So, see you next week. Bye, guys. My name is Hunter, and I welcome you to Murder and Such. A podcast about murders, the macabre, true crime, serial killers, and other dark subject matter. Join me for the first 50 episodes where my co-host and I discuss some of the most well-known cases and some you've probably never heard of. Or join me after episode 51 for a much more serious approach to true crime. You can find Murder and Such on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and all of your podcatcher services. You can also find me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Murder and Such. I hope to hear from you soon.